Hi, I'm Mercedes. I'm an entrepreneur and director at Inc. And I'm Vera, a clinical psychologist and chief people officer at Abstracta. And this is The Everything Else, a podcast about soft skills for a meaningful life. Today's episode is sponsored by Abstracta. Check out their website at abstracta.us. Hello and welcome to The Everything Else. This is our very, very first episode. My name is Mercedes Remedi and I'm here with my co-host... Vera Babat. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about time. time. All right. So we said that this was a podcast about soft skills for a better life. Why are we talking about time? Is time a soft skill? Time. Did we fuck up in our first episode? <laughs> <laughs> What is time exactly? Time is not a soft skill, but managing time is definitely one. And maybe one of the most important ones, as it's one of those where you can make some small changes and your whole life will uh, change upside down dramatically. How are you doing in your uh, time management in may general? I may I just say that it's a work in progress? I have to admit that when I started reading about time and time management to do this, I, I started making some changes and I noticed that that, yeah, things really change with some really small things. So I'm really excited to talk about this because I hope other people will be able to, to make those changes. So let's talk a bit about time before we start and how absolutely relative it is. Is that for everyone? I mean, one of the interesting concepts that, that we talked about was the concept of enduring versus enjoying. I think that that also goes to how relative time is, right? Like sometimes it just seems... Like it's forever and then it goes by if you're having fun. Ephemeral right? and you yeah. feel that it goes through yeah, like, your fingers. Yeah, it's like slipping. Yeah. It's slipping through your fingers. Um, this is a discussion that even started with the Greeks. So even uh, before Einstein talked about the relativity of, of it. We feel uh, it. Even we if feel you don't it. understand it. It is undeniable yeah. how relative time feels, right? So although we measure it and we're constantly rushing against against the clock, we feel that one hour doesn't measure the same for everybody or for everything. Yeah, because the idea of how relative it is also goes hand in hand with what we're doing with it, right? Like if I'm just staring at the wall and I'm doing nothing, then an hour is eternal. But mm -hmm. if I'm having fun, then no. So that sort of brings us to making it meaningful, right? Like mm -hmm. how... How do I go from or how do I switch from enduring time to enjoying time? Obviously, if I'm on a date with somebody that I just met and I'm fascinated or I'm with my best friend having fun or I'm recording the first episode of a podcast <laughs> and I'm really excited, um, that makes time go, go by quicker. But can I actually change the focus of how I perceive time? Is that something that, that we can do, like change that subjective feel of how time goes? So one of the things that felt very important was how time is limited, right? Days, whether they are subjective, how we perceive it, but days last 24 hours. And what we do with our time is where it's at stake here. How we go from 
enduring many hours of our day, enduring much of what we do, into enjoying more of our days and our lives, basically. Because what are, what are our lives if they are not time? Time is not something we have. Time is what we live. We feel them. We feel these hours with our lives. So rather than just passing one from the other, we need to realize how much of these we are having. And how much enduring and how much enjoying. And how much of those meh hours we have. Let's go into that a bit because we spoke <laughs> about this and I thought that the concept was, was great. Because we talked about enjoying and enduring, right? Like torturous moments like paperwork in Bebe say that would be enduring hours. Yes. Enjoying is my family time or time with friends. Time that is meaningful to you. Meaningful. What does that mean, though, that it's meaningful, that it's constructive? It, does it always have to be a good time, like if it's meaningful? No, and, and this, is, this is one of those things where I feel that if we start changing that, we change how we perceive our days. Because we have this, we live in a culture that is fostering us to have fun all the time. And sometimes enjoying times or meaningful time is not just fun. Fun is sometimes even meh time. It's, eh, it was fun, but plentiful. It's full of meaning. Meaningful, yeah, what is it? constructive, even meaning. if it's not great. And yeah, that it the, plays a role in my, in, in the bigger, exactly, in the bigger picture. Okay. All right. So this meh time that we were saying is just that. Uh, it's Neither like good kinda, nor bad. Yeah, it's kind of lost and it's gone. And I, I think that, yeah, if you start analyzing your life, there's a big percentage of, of meh time. That's not terrible, but it's not, it's also not great. You so know, yeah. letting those hours spend, or spending your time or wasting it, maybe. When you start feeling that you're wasting it, well, there is an alert there. But wasting is something that's a little bit more, I mean, meh time is wasted time, but wasted time, I, I think we usually associate with something that's a bit more negative. Like, this was a waste of time. Like, a lot of times we do things that I don't feel immediately are a waste of time. But in the long run, the I long think run. probably were because I wasn't doing something else. So, yes. Or probably, man, those are the hours or the times when you start reorganizing and when you start thinking back on where did my time go? Why is it slipping away from me? You can go and still a little bit from there put not so much attention or do not invest so much time in those activities that give you that meh feeling and you can start devoting them to more meaningful tasks and meaningful activities. All right, so how we live our hours is how we live our life, right? Yeah. And um, so we have to try and make the first step, let's say, would be to try and, and make the time more meaningful, like the way that I spend the hours more meaningful. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I read a survey that they, they had interviewed people. I think they were going to like a coffee shop or something. And they, they chose random people and they asked them. The question was, yesterday, I spent my time in ways that made me happy, right? And people had to answer yes or no. And the people that answered yes were much more likely also to say that they had time to do other things mm -hmm. people who answered no probably also so it kind of goes hand in hand this perception of the use of time and how much time you have like Definitely. if it's used negatively or or positively in things that are mood boosters not spending time with your family or exercise i or, love that or, concept of mood boosters because as we have mood boosters we have time suckers yeah so there are certain activities that leave you 
feeling energized, leave you activated, and they make you feel alive. And there are other activities that do quite the opposite. They are not just time suckers, they are energy suckers. They, mm. they take out all that living life energy that you've got. So if you, if you spend a lot of time doing things that you don't like or things that are not you know, boosting your mood, you also have less energy. And when you have less energy, you probably perceive that you have no time. It's like, oh, you know, fuck it's it, like this a, day is over. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> or make this over. It's cancelled. Today is cancelled. <laughs> here, uh, as we were talking before, you were saying, okay, what we endure or the things that we feel very negative, those are easy to get away from. But the canary in the coal mine, the problem is those that we don't feel that are threatening. And apathy is something that we don't feel as threatening as hating it. <laughs> Because if we are hating how we are experiencing, we're going to get away from it. But when we're just enduring it, when we just assume that that's how our days should go by... Well, there I feel that we're wasting lots of our lives, mm. not just time. We're wasting our lives. You yeah. know, one, maybe you have one of those days. But the problem is when it's like, okay, Monday to Friday, I'm dreading it. It's like that every day or the commute. How many hours do I have in that mad time? Can I make any changes there? Yesterday, I I, yeah, I was thinking about this because uh, we we had talked. We've we've talked about many of these issues before, right? And we talked, uh, for example, about spending time at home and the chores and tasks that you have to do that sometimes feel like it's like a second shift. You know, I get home from work and now I have to do all these other things. And yesterday, I I I started cooking and I got my phone and I put a podcast on and like I was cooking and listening to the podcast. And normally. Maybe you would just be like cooking like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. Do you know? Like, uh, I, I can't wait the for drudgery. everyone to... Yeah. <laughs> there, there is this word in English that for me, it's very good. It's the drudgery of everyday life. You know, the problem is what we tell ourselves about this. Right. Many times when we are, we have this, even this narrative that maybe we don't say, we're not aware that we have this narrative, but we unconsciously think of these things as chores as as burden as something that is a burden to us well then what happens is that we need to change that to make it more productive it can be creative time mm. so what we say to ourselves has that deep impact in how we then act i i find that fascinating like the fact that we we feel that that the world around us is in in some way but really like we don't just like passively perceive the world you know like we actively generate it and i i find that i find it fascinating because like you tell yourself the story that you're busy or you're like the victim of a situation and whatever and often changing mm -hmm. the perception or sort of reframing that and telling yourself another story around it uh, makes you feel it completely different. This reminds me of a Mark Twain quote that was, what gets us into trouble is not what we don't know, it's what we know for sure that just ain't so. Mm. That quote for me was mind-blowing because it's this reframing that you're talking about what has this very transformative potential. So are we constructing a narrative around being busy? Definitely. I have done it myself. I, I remember clearly this moment when I was questioned in this on are you really that busy what are you busy for why don't you stop doing that and that was very transformative was that a long time ago for you yeah it was a long time ago I hadn't 
really thought about these things much before. Like I was just, uh, I, I was a good thing about I was therapists. A victim, uh, uh, We go to therapy for many years. <laughs> um, I, I remember that clearly because I've always done many things at the same time. And I enjoyed every single one of them. But still I had this narrative about complaining that I didn't have time. Well, I was enjoying it. So why was I repeating this? Why was I projecting this to others? And one of the things that I came to realize is that in our society, being busy is like a status, status symbol, symbol. Mm. definitely. Because it means, in a way, it's very much connected to our idea of success. Because mm. you're productive and you're doing things and, well, yeah, and you're busy. The time is money thing that we mm. talked about, right? Yeah. Like if you... I'm if making you're the busy, most out of then, it. And also, you're like a commodity, you know? Like it's a, something that's difficult to get. This conspicuous consumption thing, you know, that you buy things that show that you are wealthy. In this case, like you are the product. I am such a wanted commodity that everyone needs me and so I have to be here and here and here and here and that's why I'm so busy and that's and, why I'm successful. And my hours when we give services like we do whether it's teaching as a psychotherapist consulting whatever there's so many activities that our professional activities that imply giving a price yeah, to, yeah, your like a value to your hours. Yeah, yeah. But the interesting thing is that most of the times your hours are worth that or you're giving those services in that amount of hours because you've had these other experiences that give you that expertise, that give you that knowledge that's behind. You're not charging for the hours that you studied. You're not charging for the hours that you took yeah, care yeah, of or, yourself or, yeah, yeah. to be there to have that wisdom. Yeah, or doing exercise in order to have like a better mental health. So one of one of the arguments that you need to understand is that sometimes not every activity can be measured in eight hour uh, days or in nine to five jobs. Yeah, because there are other things that you do that, that help you to be there. So there is this glorification of, of being busy, sort of like the, the rabbit in... Um, Alice in I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. And you don't really know where, but you are. And, uh, and, We're chasing and you're after you're time. Cha yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can try and change that narrative, let's Definitely. say. Like we can start at least by uh, holding ourselves accountable to take responsibility for the, the way that we spend our lives and also for changing that narrative in in a different sense not not glorifying let's say the busyness and seeing if uh, why am i a victim of this situation because this is also what we're constructing a society you know i'm a victim of not having time and there's nothing i can do because exactly. that's what that's how it is well in that sense i'm very hopeful with future generations or the new generations that maybe we could consider that we are a part of it. I'm not so sure. but um, You're old, Veda. No, let's not say that. But it's not just the young, young people that are seeing this. There are many successful people that are coming out and talking about this. Do you think that there is like a paradigm shift? Because I definitely I think, think there's a before, paradigm shift. A couple of years ago, we were definitely in a time famine. Like yeah. nobody had time and like we were money rich and time poor. You think that there is like a shift, a wow. paradigm shift in, in, in this sense? I feel that when, people are at least speaking about it. Exactly. When we're in a paradigm shift, that's exactly what happens. Some people are changing, but mo when you start talking, many are not still. 
So we are in that transition. But I see coming or working in the IT world, I cannot help but looking at some people as role models or th listening to them. For example, Bill Gates has been talking about this for a long time. And this man, he sees things into the future. So <laughs> I, I tend to listen to what he says. And uh, he's been talking about this for quite a while, actually, on how he takes time to think. He even has this funny thing that calls Think Week, where he he disconnects because we are at a time when we are constantly, we, you talked about time famine. We have these time suckers. We, we are, our attention is under attack by all these devices that we have. So he has some time to be offline, to think. And it's not just thinking a couple of hours because much has been talked about flow time, right? Working in a way where we are concentrated, actually involved in it and time. And then what happens yeah. is the magic that time flies. Yeah. But it's more than just a couple of hours of flow time. It's a think week because then ideas start connecting, emerging. And, and uh, let, let's go into that a little bit because I, I thought that the concept of time suckers was, was good. No, we, you said today disconnecting. So social media and TV. I, I read and I was a little terrified because... They said that an average person spends around 35 hours a week uh, on social media or TV. <laughs> and when I when I heard it, I was like, nah. And then I, I was recommending series. And I said, well, you know, if I count all the hours, oh, okay, all of Peaky Blinders, all of Dark, all of that. I saw all of that during quarantine. If I put all those hours together, it's a lot of hours. And I don't know if they're all time suckers because there are some that I really enjoyed and I and are great. Like I'm, now I'm watching Dark and I'm fascinated. Like I can't stop thinking about it during the day. Art is I great. Have, but there are some times when you're doing that or even watching TV and on your phone. Where those are the time suckers with the mad time that we talked about. So identifying time suckers. What Can you think of any others? Like the commute we talked about, social media... It's, it's our perception. It's not really the thing. And it's not just the commute. Because if you like driving and you are, I have kids. So for me, sometimes the commute, going to yeah, work. Yeah, it's freedom. It's that moment when I listen to music, I sing you along. roll the window down. Exactly. And, <laughs> and let my hair flow. That is that is time well spent. Yeah. The problem is those traffic jams, endless. I mean, in our city, we don't have many of these moments. But in others... This is very common, right? Where you have these traffic jams going around the block for for minutes. Yeah, looking trying, for, looking for space, a parking yeah. spot. So each of us need to identify when those mad times are. Because you were mentioning cooking. Cooking can be a mad time or not at all. Yeah. And again, on the narrative that we make out about it, this has a lot to do with how, how we were transmitted these activities were the same happens with work our past experiences or productivity only productivity being money. seen as yeah money and value time like if you're not productive then it's not good i think a lot of us have that guilt inside if you're not doing something that's productive that you know come on get up yep. no exactly. get off get your ass off the sofa this is not but what is productive <laughs> so in our society we associate that a lot with making more money mm. and today you were saying well 
we are, uh, what yeah, was it? What the it? fuck are you going to do with all that money if you, if you don't have, have no time? time yeah. All right, so another concept. Okay, you can take uh, time away from your man time or whatever, but the idea that we actually have much more time than we think is, is fascinating. Oof, no? There's this time management guru. Her name is Laura Vanderkamp. And she said, okay, we have 168 hours in a week. We have, we work eight hours, we sleep eight hours, and so we have 72 hours a week to do stuff that we want. When I first heard it, I was like, ah, fuck no, I don't have 72, 72 hours a week to do Hell what no. I want. <laughs> There's no way. Maybe uh, I work a little bit more than eight hours. Maybe I have to cook and bathe my children or whatever, but I still have 50 hours. Like it's say, worst case scenario, 50 hours of time where I could be doing what I want. And you're, you, you don't really feel that. And she tells a story that I thought was a great example. She tells two stories. The first one is of she asked somebody to do a time log, uh, you know, of a whole week. What activities were the time suckers? What weren't? And and one of the ladies that was doing the experiment had a problem with a water heater. Her whole house flooded. And so she had to fix the water heater, get the house cleaned up. And, and in the end of the week, that activity took seven hours, right? Between the, the plumber and the cleaning. And, and she said, okay, like if I had asked this lady at the beginning of the week, if she had seven hours to give me, she would have said no because she was busy but then you know this happened and it became a priority and this goes like into the second thing that for me was like a huge game changer that you have time for the things that you prioritize and it's not that you don't have time you kind of have to stop saying I don't have time you have to start saying it's not a priority because if something happens, like the water heater, you're going to make time. And she, she said, okay, that we all have something like this. She said, okay, if you ask me to clean the attic, I'm going to say, oh, I just, I never get to it because I don't have time. But if you tell me that you're going to pay me $100,000 to clean the attic, then I'm going to have it clean in an hour. Like if if it becomes my priority and immediately, then there's time for it. I'm going to make time. For me, this is because I always say, no, I didn't do that because I didn't have time. I didn't have time. I think if you stop saying, I don't have time, and you mentally start saying, no, this is not a priority, <laughs> you're going to hate yourself at the beginning. But then I think you, there's no choice but to actually make those changes, you know? The reason why you're going to hate yourself at the beginning is because you're going to have to listen to truth. That is, are you saying this is a priority to you or not, is that a priority to It's not about what you what say. What does that mean? It's about what it means. Yeah, yeah. So uh, facing that, it is really important. Having this honest conversation about what are our priorities. And, and here there's a, a, an interesting concept that I would like to focus on. It's the concept of choice. Okay. Because we have the choice to take control, we cannot control everything, right? And we don't, we cannot choose everything because this is not about doing just what I want. But it's about choosing and prioritizing what is important for me and for my significant others, for my community. For my community can be just me and the lo my loved ones, my immediate loved ones. It can be bigger than that. It can be, it can imply and incorporate my co-workers and my colleagues and my clients. It can uh, even be broader and be with my fellow citizens, the world. Yeah. So the bigger our community and the bigger we, we care about and we prioritize 
ourselves and others because again we need to it's like in, in a, a plane crash you need to put your oxygen mask before so that you can take care of others if you don't take care of yourself uh, yeah you're not going to be able to take care of others and but but what does this mean like in in the bigger picture for example i I have to set goals. And a lot of times, I think when we talk about goals, we sort of think about, you know, professional, not like, what am I going to be like the, you know, <laughs> maybe it is much broader than that. And it has to do with what life do I want to live? What do I want? What is my definition of success? Because it's not just like my definition of success, a good one going into more existent because this is eventually existential. It's always existential. Uh, I like everything. No? Like everything. <laughs> like everything that matters. But we're talking about time. Is our, our lives are made of time. So what life do I want to live? And the the interesting thing is that this palliative nurse called Brani Ware, uh, she wrote a book of the regrets of the dying. And this is something that you were asking me today. Have you thought about this for a long time? Yeah, because regrets Some, it's something that obsesses me because once you are old and you are on your deathbed and you're regretting, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So and learning from other people's regrets is a great chance yeah. to The time change. is now. The time is now, people. So um, All right. we can have that. We can have that opportunity to be more aware of the choices that we're making, question them. Maybe it's something that we cannot control. It's something that we cannot choose because, for example, with work, it's something very clear. Okay, I need the money to do these other things. Okay, but do I want to stay in this dead end job all my whole life or can I make this other time that I have, that it's my leisure time and invest it wisely so that I prioritize my well-being for my future. Maybe it's not an immediate change and it's not black or white from one day to the other. Yeah, that I'm going to important. reinvent myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I quit my job and I'm not. It's the making small changes that can go a long way so that you can switch this Definitely. perception of enduring. Exactly. To and living the lives that you want to live. So the first steps would be this, right? To analyze the what I'm spending my time on and what type of time that is, like the quality, not exactly. also the quantity. I'm the mere time or not mere time, for example. And it's not one over the other. It's a combination of both. Yeah, it's not just if you're a parent, many people say, oh, yeah, but I gave them quality time, one hour per day. Well, especially kids, they need both. They need quantity and quality. And quality. And maybe you can start figuring out how much is that quantity. And this is something that we need to realize that also it's going to change depending on our moments of our lives. Mm. Because lives have different cycles, different needs. So there is no right answer. What is important is having this conversation, thinking about these priorities and setting these goals. You can even write them down. Writing them down makes it clear. Mm. and makes it visible for you. So I'm thinking about people who are listening to us. As a person, it's pretty clear why this would be a benefit, right? Mm. Like I can have a more meaningful life and I can build my life towards what I think is a successful life in my own definition. What about as a business owner or as a company or as an H in an HR perspective? Like, why why do you think that it's important? Because a lot of people talk about these skills like time management as the skills of the future. And it's not just about work. We're talking about, you know, defining time and analyzing, auditing the way that you spend your time outside of work, too. Why 
why would this be important as a business owner for people to have a more meaningful life? I don't give a shit. Just come to work. Is that it? No. <laughs> no, that's not it because the younger generations have learned that. So that's why many in HR, many people are talking about millennials and centennials and ex Gen X in, in right? Gen the Xers and, and all these things. So uh, if you're working with more engaged people, if people who are healthier and healthy lives means having social, emotional, and physical well-being. It's not just the physical part. Yeah. It's taking care of their themselves. They're going to be much more integrated selves. They're going to bring their best uh, to the hours that they spend yeah, working. More motivated. more motivated. Not just sitting there, more like creative. waiting for the clock to tick more human mm. and they're going to put on what machines still can do that it's all these human aspects these social these skills that we are t we're going to be talking about throughout our podcasts that are what cannot be done by computers and and if you think about it now we were talking about the meh moments but like if you if you actually put it literally right like the way that you spend your hours is the way that you live your life and that is the person that you are the more meh hours you have like you the you're more a meh, meh person, person. <laughs> so this is like what we're trying to avoid right becoming a meh person just showing up and being there but not being really contributing. alive living yeah. your life and realizing that your life is limited And this many people try to avoid thinking about it because the idea of death is so... It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. But it should, if we start facing it, and this is why it's existential, if we face the fact that life is going to end, making the most of it is like your responsibility to living your life to the fullest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else is going to do it. Nah. If you don't, if you do, don't it, do it, no one gives a shit. Mm, so you said shit like four times I'm already. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll bleep it out. <laughs> In our next episode, right, the idea is that we're going to try and divide this into two parts. And in the second part, we're going we're gonna to send our listeners homework. We're going to ask them to look at certain things. And then in our next episode, we're going to be talking about how they did with that. And we're going to provide some more very specific tools to try and help people out. And then we want to listen to you and hear from you to see how you did with that. To see how you did. So... What would be the homework for our listeners today? Let's, the big global homework is you have to sit your ass down and have an honest conversation with yourself about how you are living your life. Yeah, going yeah deep inside deep, yourself, really in, and yes. honestly. Maybe it's not sitting, maybe it's taking a walk, mm. going somewhere listening to yourself don't feel it in don't don't feel that silence with lots Put of noise this time as a priority <laughs> yes make yourself some, this time to think about it and write down what are your main goals okay for let's say this year so the or main what goals, is left of this year that has been so moving so let's make it even more moving so the goals would be let's say to try and help people out when you're thinking about yourself do not forget your physical well-being your social well-being and your emotional well-being mm. and this work-life division for many it's something that is so artificial because when we are working those eight hours or more that we're working we put in so much of ourselves so incorporate it make those objectives also yours mm -hmm. because 
This is your life. Yeah, yeah, that's the way that you take the meh out of it. So I establish my priorities and then I make a work log. Yeah. What is that like? Because I had the experience of trying to do a work log at work and people were just like, at the end of the day, they were writing down what they did. But that, that doesn't work, right? Like, because you, it's, you're, not... it's always your perception of what you did. You have to do it in a way that you're really auditing. Like, it sounds, the, the way that I did it was I, I set an alarm. Every half an hour, I set an alarm and I wrote down, like, what did I do in this last half hour? And then take that concept and try and put it into the, the division of... Okay, after I've done it, look at it. Exactly. Doing it is part of it so that we have not just a day, maybe a week or two weeks of your work log to understand where your time is going. And once you do that, start analyzing it. How much of that time was happy, memorable, significant time, enjoyable Did you do something for others? Because sometimes you're not enjoying it yourself, but you're doing something for others and it is enjoyable. In, it's always in, in enjoyable a... if you're doing it for others, I think. But it's part of what makes us human, apparently. Exactly. Right? We are wired for connection. <laughs> and this is not about when we're talking about taking care of yourself. We're not talking about living this over-individualistic lives. Mm. This is about having healthy relationships So it implies if I'm doing something for others and it was meaningful because we enjoyed the ride, it was good anyway. Yeah. And then the other thing, like the third thing I, I, I would say, it, well, okay, delegation. I think we can talk about a, a little bit more about how to do it. But delegation exactly. in general, for me, it was, it's been really difficult. Like as a business owner, it's always been extremely difficult to delegate. Like we can I talk had a about lot of difficulties doing maybe that. Maybe we can figure out, analyze a bit more why it's so difficult yeah. for us. But those hours, once you have that work log, one question that it's, very powerful to ask yourself is are should the, I be doing that should yeah. I be the one doing this yeah. is it worth it because maybe it's a, it's a mad time other people can do it you can give other people opportunities by, by teaching doing it yeah why are you why doing are you it? doing it and then the last one um, and this is for work for yeah, life yeah, for, for everything. everything yeah and the last one um I I think would be to change this narrative of I don't have time and do the experiment of not saying I don't have time of and not whining rephrasing no whining but just but rephrasing it every time you want to say I don't have time or I didn't have time say it wasn't my priority and we'll talk in the next episode about how how that makes you feel yeah. <laughs> and what things you could do to try and change that because I think When you start with this honest conversation, facing it's like the a one-way one trip, right? Like you, you can't stop. <laughs> facing, facing the truth is transformative. So facing the truth that some things we're not doing because we're not placing our priorities there. At the beginning, let's be honest, sometimes it can be painful. Mm. Uh, and, and well, it's no easy, there is no easy way to go. But the conviction or what moves us to do this and to suggest this is that there is no easy solution. We can continue finding easy fixes, but it's not going to yeah, change. Yeah, it's not going to change long term. Now, what, what we have we to are, change ourselves. If we do this, what we are going to find is more time and we are going to fill our days with life. And that's what we want. All right. Excellent. So, guys, you have homework. So, homework. What was it? The establishing priorities doing and analyzing the work log 
trying to delegate or trying to see what things you can you can delegate and changing your narrative or changing rephrasing i don't have time to it's not a priority so once our listeners do this what are we going to do next we are going to see how they felt doing that we're going to be sharing that and then we're going to give them tips on how to go about changing well spoiler alert uh maybe what you figure out during this homework is not that pretty but don't worry We're going to give more tips on how to go about them on the next episode. Excellent. So I hope you do your homework and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Are you following us on social media? Join our community. This is an ongoing conversation. We are the Everything Else Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Or wherever you get your podcast.